Why is it the same repetitive mistakes continue to rob salespeople of more commission checks, regardless of industry, size of company, or region of the globe? These same inhibitors are holding us back from reaching our full potential. Amongst many industry awards, Ian Selby achieved the accolade of top salesperson in the world at Apple. And in this podcast, he will discuss the issues that sales professionals encounter from his own experiences, confessing to the problems he has endured and how he overcame them, giving the benefit of his wisdom to everyone listening who work in the world of sales. To help you, he will reveal strategies to overcome the issues hurting salespeople and helping you reach new levels of sales success. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins. With your host, Ian Selby. Welcome to Confessions of a Sales Pro. My special guest this week is a gentleman by the name of Brian McCarthy, trainer, coach, and consultant in Toronto, Ontario. Brian has been leading sales teams in the commercial and group benefits insurance world for over 22 years. As a vice president of sales for brokerages across Canada, Brian has helped elevate companies from being small generalist insurance agencies into strong, highly niche players with a strong understanding of their clients' business needs. His core belief is the economy is starved for expertise and the day of the insurance generalist is long gone. After leading sales for a large multinational brokerage firm, Brian returned to his first love, consulting with small and mid-sized brokerage firms that have that growing desire to grow. Brian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here, yes. Thanks for taking the time. I, I know with uh, the start of the new year, you're really busy. You barely made it back across the city for our for our discussion today, so thanks on behalf <laughs> of uh, the, the, the listeners. Very, very kind of you. Uh, oh, so, I'm Brian, really excited you, about this. Well, I'm glad. I'm so am I. I. I've been waiting for this all day. Um, do you you seem to make a living by going deeper than most insurance brokers? And this this has make got me scratching my head thinking about how do you do this. So let, before we get to how, why do you do this, Brian? Well, it's just it's why do I do it? It's a, I really enjoy the field. I, I enjoy insurance. You know, most people say, "Oh, insurance." It's kind of a dry topic, but. Truly, it, you know, I look at it as a way to protect people's assets, their businesses, their homes, if you've got home insurance, you know, life insurance. There's just so many different aspects of it. And the thing I love most about it is that every day when I'm in the insurance world, I'm talking to a different company that's doing different things, have different needs, different risks, different fears and, and aspirations for their company. So it's a, it's a really neat business that's often overlooked. I've got four kids and I always say to them, get into insurance. It's like, it's lucrative, but more importantly, it, you're really doing something that's, that's valuable and good for people. So that's why I do it. I really enjoy the field. It's, that's awesome to say. I mean, yes, it's lucrative and money's one thing, but I, I like what you added that it's, you make a high impact for people and protecting them on so many different levels. As you stated, Brian, it's it, when someone is not just, you know, being successful, but feeling like they're making a difference for people, they'll do it with so much more vigor and so much more spirit. And uh, making a difference is, is a huge thing. And I'm so happy to hear that that's what's been driving your success for so many successful years, I might add. So insurance, you. you know, and, and I hear what you're saying. Uh, you know, insurance, dry subject, you talked about that. 
And, you know, many might think it's become a commodity, right? So how do you help your clients get over the cheapest price hurdle, like the best price wins? How do you get them by that? So, first of all, insurance people do it to themselves. You know, they think, hey, I know you're paying 60000 for your to cover your company. If I could do it for fifty five, could I get your business? And without even knowing about my business, knowing what my challenges are, you know, um, I don't know if you know this, but if, if you have a catastrophic loss in a business, a fire, um, you name it, a flood, whatever happens, a machinery breakdown, if you have a, a catastrophic loss, 80% of companies never recover from it. 80%. They, they get their, wow. So they get their money, but, they, but by the time they get back up and running, the clients have all gone somewhere else. Um, their people have gone somewhere else. I mean, if, you, if, you're run, if you're running a machine shop, all your employees have had to work and they've all gone somewhere else by the time you've had spent four months getting back up and running. And yet, insurance people still try and just sell on the cheapest price. And it just drives me out of my mind. So what I do is I spend a lot of time talking over the value with my clients. You know, I, I, I work with sales, insurance sales professionals. So I talk to them. I say, so what's, what is it you bring and why, why should I deal with you instead of someone else? I spend a lot of time doing low risk practice with them because I want to get the true value, you know, and most people are in it for the right reasons. They've just lost their way because when they walk into a, a client's or a prospect's office, first thing the prospect says is, can you get me a better price? And the reality is it's, it's value that in, in every, you know, if you ask, if you turn the question back to them and say, well, how did you get your clients? Did you get them by giving them the lowest price? And they get affronted. They say, no, no, I, it's because I've got the best product, I've got the best service or whatever it is. And yet, for some reason, insurance people fall right into the trap of, yeah, yeah, let me get you the, the, the cheapest price. And so I spend a lot of time working on that. That makes so much sense. And I, I really like what you said. That's shocking, though, by the way. That statistic of 80% uh, never recover. They, they could lose their people, their customers. They could lose, you know, just just time. Hey, four or five months to, to sort of get back up to speed. Meanwhile, the world's past them on either side of the lane. So uh, that, that's a scary, scary statistic. And I like what you said about value. It's not about price. I have a formula for yeah. value. It's V equals B minus C. Value equals benefit minus cost. Value doesn't equal cost. Right. So a lot of salespeople don't get that. And the other aspect of this is value is in the eye of the beholder. It's a lot, a lot like the word beauty or the word success. We all define it our own ways. So instead of giving someone the best price, find out what they would value the most and how that would have an impact on their business or their lives. Really like what you're doing there, Brian. I, and, and there's a lot. I of love your formula. I like that formula. Yeah, I like that formula. formula. I do, uh, I do. I, but. Uh, feel free to use it. It's yours, my friend. It's, it's, and there's two ways to increase value. I mean, that's at senior levels. Value equals benefit minus cost. So we think about that a little. If we all want to make the V bigger, that means there's two ways we could do it. If we made the C smaller, so charge less, the value might be perceived as bigger. But that's called discounting. And that's a race to the bottom, a race you don't want to win. <laughs> Uh, the, other, sure. the other way to make the value bigger is make the B bigger. Bring more benefit. The only way to figure out what benefit would mean to someone is to do some, some information gathering, understand the needs of the customer and what they're trying to do. So value can equal benefit 
mine is cost, and there's a lot of salespeople that need some help on that. So you're you're certainly got your your work cut out for you, my friend. Um, and again, a great business you've got going with such a great experience under your belt. Brian, what do you see as your biggest business challenges in your consulting practice today? What what the stuff that you know, like what are you running out of time, money, effort, people? What's your biggest practice problem? Well, when I'm introduced to a new client uh, and the president of the company wants me to, to work with his team to get them to look beyond the, the, the cheapest price and, and actually, you know, bring some value to it, it's convincing people that they have to have a niche. They have to, they've got to, you know, when you say to someone, I want you to focus in on something, the first thing that a lot of people think of is like, well, if I focus in on this, what about all of that? Like, I mean, what about all the, 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 the other stuff that I'd be having to give up that just might walk in the door? And so, so, so it's this, um, I don't know how to describe it, but they, they, they want to be professionals. They want to be known as an expert in something, but they don't want to give up all the other stuff that they're not an expert in. So I spend a lot of time trying to convince people that uh, the deeper you go, the better you'll do. So that's one of the challenges we've got. <clears throat> and... Um, Getting them also to believe in the power of no. You know, most people will get off a call and say, well, I say, how did it go? I say, well, he didn't say no. And, and I always look at them and say, well, you know what? No is the second best answer you can get. And, and uh, a friend of mine, meaning you, told me, you know, you were, we were talking the other day, and you said a fast no is probably the second best answer you can ever get. And I took that, and I had a meeting this morning, and I said, not only is no a good answer, but a fast no is even better because it gives you more time in your day to go after people at sea value. So those are, you know, those are some of the things that, uh, that, I, that I look for. And it's getting people to value themselves, which it seems like a soft skill. You know, it seems like, oh, boy, he's going to start talking about you know, all this soft stuff. But if people don't value themselves, they quickly revert back to things like price and they stop valuing what they really bring. So what are some of the yeah. yeah, And putting I, a value on what you're doing. Right? Exactly. Like, and then and the person, the relationship also can have value. Uh, I, I liken a value proposition to, to one of those screwdrivers we've all got in our toolbox. It's that's got the same handle but different ends that you put on. And yeah, any value proposition might have some similarities, i.e. the handle that we do great products, we have great service, we're responsive, we're timely, but the need of each client is different and needs to be fine-tuned. So the value proposition needs to be somewhat modular and adaptable to the customer situation. And if salespeople don't see it that way, if they don't see themselves as being part of the value proposition, of course they put themselves into a commodity game just from the get-go. So the mindset's got to be there. I really like what you're saying. And I know what you mean with salespeople. Like if you say, I want you to focus, pick a niche. It, it, so what you're saying to them, you know, if, if, if I'm hearing you right, is let's have a bigger reputation for fewer things so that we can go deeper. We're, we're better versed. We're, we're more knowledgeable with specifics instead of being just average at everything. Like be a boutique, not a Costco. Right, that's kind of what you're trying to preach, is to to get them to narrow and, and be really good at that niche, that target, that market, whatever it is you're you're aiming them at. So, a yes is the best word. We all love that in the world of sales, but salespeople, a quick no is also your friend because you bring back your time 
to win somewhere else. Well done, well done on that one, Brian. That's that's a lot of fun. Um, so, you know, all of our listeners, whether you know, some of them, I'm sure you guys sell insurance, financial services, group benefit programs, all of those associated uh, services. Uh, but everyone listening today actually buys insurance, right? I'm a I'm a customer of insurance. So are you, Brian? I'm uh, sure. Yeah, everyone. Uh, well, I think everyone everyone else at some point. Yeah, or, or should be. Yeah, let's get put it that way. They should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Otherwise, they're at risk. But uh, so, any advice for our insurance buying listeners, which is everyone, what should they really be focused on when they go shopping for insurance and for the right person to help them with it? Well, if someone comes to you and said, hey, I can, you know, can I quote on your insurance or can I talk to you about your insurance? Um, <clears throat> most people think, oh boy, an insurance guy. And so they, their first reaction is, I don't want to talk about it. And they, they stay with the status quo. Um, with the pandemic just having happened, for the last three years, everything's changed in our world and everything's changed in the insurance world. So what I tell, what, what my ask for, for insurance buyers is listen to someone, listen to an insurance person today because everything's changed. You know, the way we do business has changed. Our, our, like an insurance guy is supposed to protect your business, not just sell you a policy. So protecting your business. When you, when you say to your employees, okay, everyone's got to start coming back to work as of February 15th. No, no exceptions. Is that a good strategy? And who do you talk to? Because if the strategy is wrong, you could lose your business. You could lose your top employees. You could get sued. You could have someone uh, come after you, whatever. You don't know. That's what your insurance guy is there for. You know, so, so you don't just use your insurance person to buy insurance. You use them to protect your business, protect your assets. And protecting your assets can come in a lot of forms. You know, one of the things I encourage all my clients to do is introduce a disaster recovery plan. If something happens to our business, what do we do? Like, so, so I go in there and say, so do you, let me see your disaster recovery plan. People say, I don't have one. So if a disaster hits, you're just like, you're going you're gonna to make it up as you go along, which you're under more stress than you've ever been in your entire life. And now you're just going to make it up as you go along. I don't think that's a good strategy. So I like to have a, a small booklet that said, if this happens, this is where we go. This is what we do. And it doesn't involve spending any insurance dollars. It just has someone who's looking after your business. <clears throat> but the the real advice I'd have is, is if you've got a someone you're interviewing another broker, listen to the questions he asks. Are they the same questions that you ask yourself at three o'clock in the morning when you're worried about your business? If they are, this guy's on the right track. The guy's thinking about your business. He understands your business. If I wrote a pizza parlor yesterday, uh, a sandwich shop the next day, and a hairdresser this, this afternoon, I may not be the best guy to do your your machine shop. You know, and so you want to discuss their background, find out who they are, what sort of other clients they have, that sort of thing. Not just a race to the price and say, if you can get me a better price, you're in. You know, that's, I would really encourage people to take a deeper look at that because there's so many things that we can cover that don't cost you a dime. Right. That, I love what you said about specialization. It's, it's, if you're just doing a department store insurance all day long that's going down the street from, from shop to shop, well, you're, you're probably good at transactions. You're probably good at getting a price. But, you know, what is the right, what is the right protection? I like what you said, that protect the business and the assets within it. And without a disaster recovery plan, yeah, you're, you're probably at the, the lowest point of your life having gone through a disaster. 
And if you're not covered for that, you're going to go even lower. That's that's a scary, scary thought. So, And also, like you said, Brian, the needs of the market changes. From year to year, oh, yeah. even getting renewing your insurance, renewing your, your business coverage. Is your business the same situation as it was last year, two years ago? Things change. So you need someone to help revisit what are those changes and what are the biggest risks and objectives going in to the coming year. So it's, I think it's not something that's one and done, you know, set it and forget it. It needs to be revisited and reexamined. And having that specialist that you can trust to help you do that is, is such a value and it goes beyond price. Absolutely. I already have a sense, Brian, listening to you that you have made a big impact because you think very differently than, than, than the, the average insurance person out there by far. So what is your, and maybe you could share this, this is sort of for the, uh, uh, the insurance sellers or the financial ser- services sellers who are listening. What is your secret that makes you different, unique from the other consulting firms that are out there? Well, um, I like to think it's that I don't just, it, it, it's not a tell and, and leave or tell and sell or, you know, one and you're done. This is, you know, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm breaking habits that have, people have, have developed over a lifetime, right? And so you don't do it once. You, so I'm a big believer in low risk practice. I spend a lot of time practicing with my clients. You know, I, I was, I, I, I was driving home today and the guy says, so I called him and he had a, cheaper price from someone else and I gave him another price. I said, okay, so walk me through how, how would that go? And, I, and so by practicing over and over again, because the mind doesn't know the difference between practice and the game, right? I mean, that's, that's you know, just, just, it's just been proven through science that you know, the, the mind doesn't know the difference. So if you practice over and over again with someone who understands and there's no money on the line, you can, you can learn. You can learn new skills. But you've got to understand you need, if, if, if you don't think you need it, well, then you'll never buy it. I think that the lifelong learners are the people that I have the most success with, people that are always looking to, to learn a new skill, you know, to get better at their craft, to help their clients a little more. You know, every year it's a renewal. So every year there's, there's, there's an opportunity, as you said, to, to sharpen your game, you know, to, to get them better coverages and, uh, and, and work on their business with them. So, so well said. I, I mean, practice, practice, practice. And what a, great, what a great way to practice internally before you get out there on the ice or on the field where the game's won or lost, where we are playing for money. Why not have a warm-up? Why not practice internally? It's a, it's a wonderful uh, environment. And it's actually harder. Doing a role-play oh, uh, presentation people hate it. in front of peers, people do hate it. And it's hard because the judgment, <laughs> oh, what have I what if I'm not as good as my, my counterpart over there? What if she's better than me? Like you get all this internal anxiety. But you know, yeah. once you've done it a few times, you're ripping the band-aid off. You can't wait to get out there and have your shift on the ice or your run on the field, right? So I agree with you. Practice, practice, practice. And, and you, after a while, it stops being hard. Go ahead. Go ahead, Brian. It stops being, sorry, sorry. You and I cut you off there. But it stops being hard after a while. The first few times, it's like, I got to do it with this guy. This guy's supposed to be the expert. Now, I'm, so I'm doing it in front of the expert. I'm sure to get it wrong. It's not costing you a dime to, to, to mess up in front of me. It's just, we're just, you know, my, my whole state. So why are you saying that? Why did, why would you go that way? Why would you say this? And, you know, and just, just have great discussions. And it's, 
I don't know. You you seem like a, a real student of uh, of the games, and so I think you get it. You know, it's like this can be a lot of fun, or it can be or it can be hard work. I, I look at it as fun. I, I do too, and I think selling is a lot like a sport. It is a game. Uh, has the game changed in forever? No. Has our communication? Do we do podcasts? We have social marketing. Yes, there's different ways that, by the way, us and our competitors are using to communicate differently. But the name of the game is to build trust, solve business problems, and create ro- uh, loyal relationships for life. That, by the way, will give you referrals for life. And that is still the game that we're in. And I, right. I like what you said also, Brian, be thirsty and committed to keep learning and keep growing. You're, it's not one and done. The world and your needs of your customer change every day. So keeping up with that, sharpening your own saw is a great way to stay on, on, on the right edge of it for sure. Uh, so, Brian, once again, I want to I thank you uh, uh, for being on the, the podcast today. How would our listeners best? Uh, get a hold of you. How could they best reach out? Is there an email or a phone number? How would you like listeners to contact you? Sure. You know, because I've only been uh, in the consulting business for a couple of years uh, in my in my recent uh, life, I don't have a website or whatnot, but my phone number is 905-691-9370. My email is McCarthy seven the number 17 at hotmail.com. And uh, I'm on LinkedIn, and uh, I'd love to connect with anybody that, that, that wants to just even have discussions about selling. I'm always looking for new, interesting ideas, and uh, so uh, if anyone wants to catch up with me, I'd love to have a chat. That's awesome. Once again, my, my, my special guest today is a gentleman in Toronto by the name of uh, Brian McCarthy, trainer, coach, consultant, uh, not just in the insurance world, but boy, does he specialize big time in that world. Again, Brian, I want to thank you very much for your time today, sir. Thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed this, and I hope we stay in touch. We will. Thank you, Brian, and thank you for listening to Confessions of a Sales Pro. If you have found this episode informative and helpful, we would be honored and appreciative if you would share this podcast with other great salespeople like yourself. And we look forward to you joining us for all new episodes weekly, every Thursday. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you'd like us to help you grow your sales commissions, visit us at salesmentoryou.com. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins. With Ian Selby.